Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Bing Crosby, Jerry Colonna, Dr. Billy Graham, and a salute to Bob Hope. One of the greatest stars of our age is Bob Hope. He's kept the nation, and for that matter, the rest of the world, in stitches for more than 40 years. Bob Hope began his career in vaudeville, and within 10 years was one of the most sought-after entertainers in the country. Hope appeared as guest on many shows in the late 30s, and began his own radio show for Pepsodent in 1939. Here's an early broadcast as he sings his now-famous theme song, Thanks for the Memory. All thanks for the memory, you folks who listen in, to have your Tuesday grin. Without your aid, I'd be afraid to think where we'd have been. So thank you so much. Bob Hope captured his musical theme in 1938, and it's introduced him ever since, including this April 15th, 1938 radio show. Bob Hope was only 34 years old. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cliff Hall. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very happy to be on this dedicatory program. <laughs> but really, this is an unusual event, and we certainly have the weather for it. There was a time... There was a time... Just take your time tonight. Don't worry about a thing. There was, there was a time in Los Angeles when we used to have swell weather, but a lot of bridges have passed under the water since then. <laughs> During those years in radio and even into television, Bob enjoyed the antics of his foil and sidekick, comedian Jerry Colonna. Hello? Well, the stash himself, Professor Colonna. How about that? Hey, Colonna. Hello, Hope. I'm calling you from Canada. From Canada? Why are you talking so loud? No telephone. <laughs> You know, Colonna, you shake my sanity. No, you shake my sanity. It's looser. <laughs> <laughs> Professor, tell me, why are you this way? Well, Hope, I've had a hard time. For two years after I was born, I led a dog's life. For two years after you were born, you led a dog's life? Why was that? Old man thought I was a Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> well, how did you find out you weren't a Cocker Spaniel? I'm the Cocker Spaniel snitch. <laughs> Professor, stop clowning and get over here right away. Okay. What bridge are you going to take? Oh, I don't need a bridge. I'll drive across the bay. But, Kelowna, the bay is 100 feet deep. I know, but I've got it figured out. I've sealed up my car to keep out the water. I sealed up the floorboards. I locked the windows and puttied up the windshield. Now, here I go. <laughs> Professor! Professor! What happened? During the Second World War, Bob Hope and his band of gypsies traveled thousands of miles to entertain servicemen all over the world. Here he is in the South Pacific in 1942. Here we are in this beautiful, romantic South Pacific island. 
Wait till I see that Dorothy Lamour. What a lie. This is really a beautiful island. This is a concentration camp with coconuts. This is love. And these Marines get lots of furloughs to go home. There's only one little hitch. All the transportation is routed through Tokyo. <laughs> Everyone is treating me swell here. I hadn't been here two minutes before they were begging me for my signature. And I'm still trying to find out who had me sign up for the Japanese Navy. <laughs> I just arrived from the States. You know the States. That's where Churchill lives. <laughs> well, he doesn't exactly live there. He just goes back to deliver Mrs. Roosevelt's laundry. <laughs> that plane trip over the Atlantic. What a plane trip. Halfway across, the pilot turned around to me and he said, Are you a little nervous? I said, Yeah, this is only my third time up. Because you beat me, this is my first. I wasn't nervous, but I was shaking so hard, the pilot cut out both motors and my knees kept the plane in the air. I went for a ride today in a Coast Guard cutter and it was a trifle rough. I won't say there was much of a breeze, but it was the first time I ever spit in my own eyes. A lot of these sailors sleep in hammocks. You know what a hammock is. That's government-issue curvature of the spine. Bob explains how and why he started broadcasting for camp shows. Actually, we started working for the military in 41, and we did our radio show for five solid years in military bases. I don't believe there's any place on this earth where servicemen have been stationed that Bob Hope is not entertained. Here he is in England in July 1943. Well, it's certainly great being here in good old jolly England. Yes, sir, here we are. You know, England, that's the place that Churchill visits when he leaves America. <laughs> He's got to come back here once in a while so he won't lose his accent. One month later, somewhere in Africa. Yeah, but it's wonderful being back in Africa. Good old Africa. Oh. Of course, you can get out of Texas, but the, and the heat, and the heat here, boy, what heat, it's the first time I ever laid a fried egg. I really, I'm really no stranger here, I was on the road to Morocco once, now I'm, now I'm doing it the hard way. It's August 1944, and hopes in the South Pacific. Well, here we are in this beautiful, romantic South Pacific island. Boy, aren't these islands pretty? We've had a very fast flying trip up to now. Flew all the way down here from San Francisco. Didn't scare me a bit. I read a novel coming down. Going back, I'm going to read the second page. <laughs> I said, it's a little rough out there. Don't you think we ought to have parachutes? He said, don't be silly. The ones with parachutes jumped an hour ago. <laughs> and talk about weather over that Pacific. It was so rough, the automatic pilot bailed out. I've never seen it. Another friend and sidekick was Bing Crosby. In addition to their many road pictures, they also found time to trade guest shots and ad libs on the radio. Here's Hope on Crosby's show when they broadcast from Fort Ord, California. But you know, they sure do draft the fellas in a hurry here. Do you see that one guy who's all bent over? Yeah, what happened to him? It's not far from the beach. <laughs> what? What? Well, that's what it says here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Go back there. You skipped a page. Oh, yeah, I thought that was pretty dull for a punchline. Wait a minute. Not far from the beach, isn't that all? <laughs> Wait, we're on page 50? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do one page at a time. Uh, okay, okay. Let's try it Let's again. Let's try again? Stick out your tongue so I can wet my thumb. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Let's see now. Where, oh, you do that line about the guys being drafted. Okay, you? I say, you know, they sure do draft the fellas in a hurry here. Did you see that one guy who's all bent over? 
Yeah, what happened to him? Well, he was a plumber and they drafted him before he could get out from under the sink he was fixing. <laughs> it's not far from the breach. I think I like that better. <laughs> Sounds like the kind of a line you'd give me on your show. <laughs> At least I don't glue your pages together. Well, drop in again. We'll glue you together. <laughs> you got the horses for it. Oh, wait, wait, now. Keep looking. You'll find a beach in there somewhere. <laughs> and you know, recreation facilities are excellent, too. They have ping pong, shuffleboard, and if they feel like it, the fellas can go swimming in the surf. Not far from the beach. <laughs> so that's where the line fits, you it. little rascal, you. <laughs> I loved you the first time I said you. Yes, I did. You really like that line. Now I may adopt it. I think it needs a home. But I, uh... Once in a while, Bob found time to entertain the folks at home. Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock found Hope and the gang broadcasting from the old NBC studios at Sunset and Vine. Hope Show. And now, here is Bob Hope. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. It's always a pleasure to be back in town and do a show for you folks. Hollywood audiences are so fast. No kidding. One almost caught me yesterday. <laughs> You know, I, I do so few shows here, I had trouble getting into NBC tonight at the artist's entrance. I said to the man on the door, but don't you recognize me? Look at my nose. And he said, if you can't fight, why do you get into arguments? <laughs> but an exciting news item right now, which you can now buy almost anything with just a small down payment. It'll mean more TV sets. Of course, Hollywood already has a terrific number of television sets. In fact, we have so many antennas that the smog is coming in shredded. <laughs> There's so many TV antennas in California that they're interfering with the birds. This year, the only way the swallows could get back to Capistrano was to join the automobile club. <laughs> Television is now America's favorite indoor sport. But I think the very last word in television is in the kitchen. They have it, you know. It's a combination television set and garbage disposal. If you don't like the programs, you press a button and start grinding ham bones. <laughs> My shills are back there. <laughs> but you know, television programs also have an effect on the education of children. There's a whole generation of kids that'll grow up believing that Washington crossed the Delaware because he needed another box of Ajax, the foaming cleanser. Of course, when I was a kid, we didn't have television. The only wrestling we saw was when we hid behind the couch. <laughs> They've already tried teaching on TV as an experiment, but it didn't work out. When one little boy came to school the next day, the teacher said, what did you learn, Tommy? And he bowed and kissed her hand and gave her a lit cigarette. <laughs> and, the latest medical... and the latest medical sensation is surgery on television. Imagine having your appendix out, then seeing it a year later. <laughs> and you know how people always say, let me show you my operation. Now they get a channel and bring it right into your living room. 
Just as the surgeon prepared to remove the liver, the patient sat up and said, but doctor, it's my tonsils. And the doctor said, I know, but I'm trying to get a sponsor. <laughs> In 1950, I traveled across the country with Bob, Jerry Colonna, Marilyn Maxwell, Les Brown's band, and a host of others for the premiere of his film, My Favorite Spy. I had my tape recorder handy that November afternoon in 1950 when Hope and Colonna clowned for the folks in Bel Air, Ohio. How would you like to see a guy that we brought here, a fellow that I've been working with for the past 14, 15 years, really one of the finest guys, one of the finest comedians in the world, Mr. Jerry Colonna, right here. Hey, tell me, Jeff. What? How do you feel? I'm in the pink. You're in the pink? Yeah, I left the blue ones in the laundry. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, did you have a nice trip coming in from California? Oh, it was tough sledding. Tough sledding. How come? No snow. No. <laughs> Why don't you sing four or five hundred songs and we'll go home? Huh? That's all. That's it. How about Jerry? Isn't that wonderful? As a great man, the only man in the world can kiss a girl and give her the brush off at the same time. <laughs> that is our little Jerry. Little old Jerry. Christmas 1950, and Bob Hope entertains the troops stationed in Korea. You remember old Poppy Son? Seoul, Korea, known to the world over as the gateway to the boondocks. <laughs> for you civilians, boondocks is Korean for Disneyland. It's now 1951, and Bob Hope is invited to be the first comedian to appear on a live coast-to-coast TV show originating from Hollywood, California. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Well, here I am doing my bit to increase movie attendance. <laughs> And I just want to tell you that about a year and a half ago, I started out in television doing an hour and a half show, and then they cut it down to an hour, and this year I'm doing a half hour. I think NBC is grooming me for a station break. <laughs> but I think that this show tonight is probably one of the first shows to go out over the coaxial cable to New York. It's going all the way across the country, and it's amazing to me. This whole cable business. Just think, here I am doing a show in Hollywood, and somewhere else I'm six feet underground. <laughs> no applause, please. <laughs> no, and I found out who's paying for this. You know, the, it cost the phone company $40 million to put the cable in. And I know who's paying for it. Last night I called Santa Monica, and the operator said, deposit $400 for three minutes, please. <laughs> On Bob Hope's 65th birthday in May 1968, I asked Dr. Billy Graham to record this message. This is Billy Graham. If America has a national hero, it is the ageless Bob Hope. More than any other person, he has kept America laughing during the most critical period of our history. Bob is more than an entertainer. He has become an American institution like the flag or the national anthem. His devotion to God, home, and country has inspired millions. During Christmas 1966, I had the privilege of being with Bob Hope in Vietnam. 
On Christmas Eve, I was on the aircraft carrier Kitty Hawk. I received a cable from Bob asking me to join him for a show the next day at Quinang. The weather was so bad that all air operations were canceled. I told the Admiral that I would like special permission to fly to the Bob Hope show. The restrictions were temporarily lifted, and we flew through heavy weather to be with Bob. I doubt if I would have flown in that kind of weather for anybody except Bob Hope, or perhaps the President of the United States. What an experience to see the faces of these soldiers when Bob walks on stage. Their faces light up like Christmas trees. He doesn't have to say a word. All he has to do is stand with that golf stick in his hand and look. And the servicemen laugh and applaud. I would think that Bob Hope is the most loved man in America. Congratulations, Bob. And I hope the Lord spares you for many more years. God bless you always. On the evening of September 30th, 1970, Bob Hope made a personal appearance at the Mid-South Fair in Memphis, Tennessee. And as usual, he was hysterically funny. I was there with my portable tape recorder and captured for all time these gems of comedy. This is a little parody on buttons and bows that I did in Pale Face many, many years ago. In a... Now you can see it every night on, on any channel. In fact, I'm on so many different channels with my old movies. You can just flip the dial and watch my hairline recede. But I think you'll... Oh, wait, hold it. I got a joke. Hey, this bartender was cleaning off the bar one day, and he looked down. There was a grasshopper in the bar, and he said, How about that? A grasshopper in my bar? That must be good luck. And he looked at this grasshopper and said, You know we have a drink named after you? And the grasshopper said, Irving? That's it. Play, will you play? Will you? See, the grasshopper's name was Irving. What the hell is this? Warm up the motor, this may be it. Wait, I gotta tell another one. Wait, wait, wait. These two hippies are talking, and one said, Turn on the radio. And the other one walked over and said, I love you, radio. See, the grasshopper didn't know that there was a drink named that. <laughs> Wait, I got to tell another word. <laughs> Japanese fellow went to the eye doctor, and the eye doctor examined him and says, You have a cataract. He said, No, I have a Lincoln Continental. <laughs> play, we got a play. <laughs> grasshopper said, Irving? <laughs> It was a Jewish grasshopper. <laughs> Gotta tell one more. Wait. This um, wino was walking down the street wearing one shoe, and the cop stopped and said, What happened? Did you lose a shoe? He said, No, I found one. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. See, if the bartender had known that grasshoppers had. <laughs> I gotta tell a joke. I gotta tell a <laughs> This fella bought this parrot and he called up the next day. They said, This parrot doesn't talk. And the guy said, You mean that parrot in that cage doesn't talk? He said, What cage? I haven't got a cage. He said, You haven't, you gotta have a cage for the parrot. The guy said, Well, how much does that cost? He says, $25. He said, Well, send it over. Called the next day. He said, This parrot in the cage doesn't talk. He said, You mean that parrot in that cage where that swing doesn't talk? I says, What swing? 
He said, well, the parrot's got to have a cage with a swing just to keep him happy, otherwise he will never talk. He said, well, how much does the swing cost? He says, $12. He says, send it over. So he called up the next day, he says, this parrot with a cage and a swing doesn't talk. The guy says, you mean that parrot with a cage and a swing with a whistle? It wouldn't talk. He says, a whistle? What kind of a whistle is that? He says, how much is that? He says, $6. He says, send it over. Next day, he called, he said, hey, the parrot died. He said, he talk? He said, yeah, just before he died, he said, hasn't anybody heard a bird seed? Parrot's <laughs> name was Irving. <laughs> I'll sing, Frank. I was one of many boys helped to add to mother's woes. They'd all say, let's tease little Robert, they thought, because I had six toes, I didn't have all my buttons and bows. <laughs> then one night, it was Halloween, dressed myself in sister's clothes. All the tough kids round my neighborhood said, we think he's one of those. He acts so cute. <laughs> I have a joke. I have a joke. One of these fellows walks into a bar with a big mastiff dog, and he walks up to the bartender. He says, I'd like a scotch and soda. <laughs> bartender took a look at him and said, we don't serve your type in here. He says, you better serve my type, or I'll have this dog jump over the bar and destroy you. <laughs> bartender said, it still goes. We don't serve your type. And the fellow said, sick him. The dog jumped over the bar, pinned the bartender against the mirror, and said, Bowsy Wowsy. <laughs> this is the same bartender that had the grasshopper early. Hey, Derby. On the special AFRTS birthday salute in 1968, here was Bob's reply when I asked him how he felt about his 65th birthday. Well, I feel pretty good about this birthday. I've had, uh, I've been very, very lucky. I made a lot of wonderful friends, and I've, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I've met a lot of wonderful people all over the world. And I, I've, I've had a full life. I guarantee you. I've been very, very lucky. up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio and our affectionate salute to Bob Hope. This is Frank Brizzy in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week at the same time for more shows and personalities from radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.